Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We're going to have a great time today as we start this series, Test Surviving Life's Toughest Moments. Now, I grew up with six brothers, and uh, it was mom and dad and seven boys. And my brother, Dave, who was a year and a half older than me, um, he had grand mal epilepsy, so he would have seizures, just fall on the ground and convulse. And uh, they, they had him up to 21 pills a day, uh, mostly barbiturates, and he still had seizures every night. So, you know, we grew up in a three-bedroom ranch, so mom and dad had a bedroom. We had three boys in one room and four in another, so I was in a bedroom with four boys, and uh, I, Dave and I slept together. He would wake me up every night having a seizure. Some nights his hand would just be hitting my face. And then I would just make sure he wasn't swallowing his tongue uh, and just keep an eye on him at that point. Well, uh, he came of age, and he got this cool job at Hillside Hospital. He met some Christians who I found out later led him to the Lord. So I was really excited about that when I found out. But he went to a picnic. He was all by himself. We found out there was a pond. We said, hey, Dave. Don't go in the pond, because when you get in that hot sun all day, you'll have seizures in the daytime. He said, I won't, and he did, and he didn't tell people. It was no one's fault, but he had a seizure in that pond, and he drowned. And uh, so I lost a sibling. Five of my brothers, we all lost a sibling. That's really, really painful, but I was amazed when I saw the pain that hit my parents, and I saw the pain of losing a child, which I don't know that there's any pain that's any worse than that, and... I just think of all that I saw and the hurt I saw, but, you know, God was good, and uh, God, a year after that time, I accepted Christ, and within a year of me accepting Christ, my whole family accepted Christ, and God did what he does. He brought healing to us, and uh, so then I become a Christian, and you think as a Christian, everything's going to be wonderful, you know, and then you find out we still have all kinds of tests as Christians. We can have terrible tests as Christians, and we begin to ask that question, why God, why God? And we're going to talk about that in, in this series. And I, I believe this series is life-changing. Some of you know these things. We're just going to reinforce and take you to the next level. And for some, you're hearing some of this for the first time. And it is absolutely life-changing. So we have all kinds of tests. We have relational tests, you know, where uh, you, could, you could lose a loved one in death. Uh, you go through the grief of divorce. Um, you're dating someone, you know, for all the students and younger people. You're dating someone, you have a breakup. I remember, uh, you know, the puppy love. And I remember the first girl I dated in grade school. After two days of an incredible relationship, she broke up with me. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it was real at that time. It hurt really, really bad. And, it, it, you know, and I understand all of that. There's financial tests that all of us go through. I was just talking to a guy after first service, and he was so thankful for the message because um, him and I think it was 40-some people uh, where he works, they all lost their job this past week. You know, the, the company had to downsize, and he was telling me what, what an incredible blessing the, uh, this lesson was for him today. Sometimes we just have financial problems because we just, you know, we have bills bigger than what we have coming in or whatever it might be. So, so there's those types of problems, and we have all kinds of different challenges that you and I deal with in life. And so what we want to do today in this series is just begin to open up, man, how can we survive these things? How can we come out better at, at the other side? So here's some history behind the series. I do this often, and I was, at this particular time, just reading the book of James, and it's a short book, but I'd read it two, three, four times in a row, 
you know, and I'd just sit there and I'd write thoughts down. And I did that every day for weeks, and I'd just read it and write thoughts. And I'm thinking about, you know, what can God show me in this book? And at one point, I saw this series. It just it came out, and I saw something about the book of James that absolutely impacted my life as I saw it. And that's what happens as we just stay in the Bible. And uh, so that's where this is coming from. So I got the thought after I saw it, and I decided to teach on tests, surviving life's toughest moments. I thought, well, the military must do something. They must do something to prepare people that are going to be in really tough situations. And then I, I researched it, and it blew my mind. Uh, this is a patch with the Army. And when you see this patch, it, what they do is called SEER. That's an acrostic uh, and S stands for survival, E, evasion, R, resistance, second E, uh, and escape. And uh, this is a training they put military people through, uh, knowing that at times they're going to find themselves behind enemy lines, etc. So I, I want to work a parallel with, with the military, and I thought the best way to do it is just let you first watch this video. So check this video out. I grew up in St. Louis, grew up a little bit outdoorsy. We did the camping, but this is like traditional camping, like tents and marshmallows and stuff, not like something that you deal with in SEER. I'm Staff Sergeant Tiffany Zaldick, SEER Specialist at Fairchild Air Force Base. My parents' reaction to me going to the Air Force was, at first, they were a little surprised that it's something I wanted to do. That was the first decision I made to go into the Air Force by myself, and they supported me 100%. As the recruiter started explaining a lot of jobs to me and, of course, what my degree was, once I saw the SEER brochure and he wiped the dust off of it and I started asking him a lot of questions, the only thing he told me was that he knew that it was a very difficult job to get, it was physically demanding, and barely any females made it. And I was like, this is my job. I do respond in a very proper way to a challenge. SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, Escape. How to survive any type of environment, coastal, arctic, tropics, desert environment, as well as prisoner of war situation, and still get back and return home with honor. After basic training, you go to indoctrination course, which they call SEER Specialist Selection. You're constantly ran to the ground, PT nonstop, you're eating insects, you're doing navigation, shelter crafts, and you've never done any of these things before. So if you can actually buckle down and make it through that, you await the process for what we call SEER Specialist Training, which is a six-month-long process. Anything that you could possibly get thrown into, you get training in. Isn't that amazing? Can we give it up for all our military people? Thank them for everything they do. It's, it's amazing. I, I, the eating bugs part stu stood out. And, and then also, also, she made a statement. Tiffany said something that really stands out. To get through that trial, that severe test, with honor, to come out on the other side with honor. And really, God wants us to come out of every test with, with honor. And we'll talk about that in this series. So the book of James, it's really important to understand the history. Uh, Jewish Christians that were living in Israel and Jerusalem, these Jewish Christians came under heavy, very severe persecution. And it was so bad, here's what happened. The government came and took their houses away. Of course, they could have denied Jesus and it wouldn't happen, but government took their houses away. Can you imagine one day they're just out on the streets, homeless? The government made sure they were all fired from their jobs. So not only don't they have a house, now they're fired from their jobs. So they don't have an income to go find, you know, let's, let's move to another country. Let, they have no money. And uh, the leaders were thrown into jail, so people had family members in jail, and some of them were put to death. And all this crazy stuff is happening. So 
James, who most scholars agree was uh, the brother of Jesus, he writes the book of James and tells him, hey guys, here's the Christian seer training. And he begins to tell them what they need to do in order to survive tests. And so I'm looking at it, and as I worked with it, I came up with an acrostic. For us Christians, it's called undo. And here's what it stands for. U is understand, N is navigate, D is detach, and O is oppose. So these are four lessons, guys. And today we're going to talk about understand. Navigate is really, really fun. We're going to be shocked when we see how we navigate. God gives us instructions. It's going to shock you how to navigate through a test. And then detach. If you don't detach, you're toast. That's all I'm going to say. And, th and then it's oppose. And, and this fourth lesson changed my life. And it's not like I... It's not like there was something I never heard before. It's when God puts it all together and you say, oh, I failed so many tests after the test. There's a test that comes with the test, and I failed tons of them. And I thought, ha. Ah. Now, once I understood it, it changed everything. So today we just want to talk about understand, because if you don't understand test, you'll react the wrong way. You'll just react the wrong way every single time. And that's what I did with my brother Dave. I reacted the wrong way. And now I understand, and now as tests come, I understand what's happening. So I thought the best thing we could begin with, guys, life has five troublemakers. So we're going to talk about the five troublemakers, guys. And uh, the troublemaker we want to talk about first is just an angry enemy. So we're going to talk about the angry enemy. And uh, the angry enemy, guys, is our enemy, the devil. And I think it's important for me to make sure you understand this. He was created as God's perfect creation. The Bible says God made him perfect. The Bible teaches he had no flaws whatsoever. And if God says you're the best, the perfect uh, creation I've ever made, that's amazing. Well, it went to his head. He was the worship leader of heaven. It went to his head, and he thought, I can take God on. And do you know a third of the angels who all saw God? They're not like us. We believe in God by faith. They knew God. They saw God. God created him. They hung out with God. A third of the angels said, you know what, Lucifer? I think you can take him. And they rushed the throne. And it, you know, it, in a second, God threw him out. There's no battle with God. And, and so he was thrown down to the earth. He's angry. But then he, he deceived Adam and Eve, and, and, and they sinned. And then they were separated from God. So he's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to burn with me. I'm like really excited. You're separated from God with me. But then Jesus came and redeemed us. And he really hates us now because we're going up to heaven. God's our Father. There's nothing between us and God. If you accept Christ, He is angry with us. So take a look at what the angry enemy does. Check this scripture out. It reads like this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The thief is the enemy. Notice the last part. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Here, here's the heart of God. It doesn't matter if you're on government assistance, fixed income. It doesn't matter if you're super wealthy. Here, here's the heart of God. On, on the inside, internally, he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. He wants you to be able to walk in peace and joy and contentment no matter where you're at in life. Here's the enemy's goal. He wants to still kill and destroy. He wants to ruin your life in any way that he can. Well, we know from the book of Job, uh, you know, Job pulls the curtain back and we see behind the scenes. We know that the devil has the ability to stir people up against us. Job was living in peace with his neighbors. 
And we see when the curtain came back, the, the enemy actually caused them to attack Job and destroy his property, take his kid, kill his kids, take his livestock. And, and we saw that it, the devil has that ability, but you know what else he does and we have to be very concerned about? He comes and he plays with our head and he causes us to believe lies. And he's, he's, he's number one troublemaker. Uh, let's take a look at the second troublemaker, guys. The second troublemaker is decaying creation. And let's read this scripture. This is a great scripture. You ready? The, that creation itself would one day be set free from its slavery to decay and would share the glorious freedom of the children of God. Now, the bottom part, the glorious freedom of the children of God, that's referring to when God gives us a new body and he makes a new heaven and a new earth. But, but here's where the earth is now. Here's where we are now in our bodies. We are slaves to decay. We're decaying. So several years ago, I, um, we had a terrible rain, really hard rain. My sump pump broke, and part of my basement flooded. That was the test. What, what do I blame for that test? Decaying creation. Earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, all the ug ugly things that you and I are familiar with. Decaying creation. But how about our bodies? Sometimes children are, are from birth born with defects in their body, and and young people have problems, but then all of us that are aging, <coughs> can we all agree, uh, our bodies are becoming weaker, uh, everything's dying or becoming older, uh, we go to God for help, we go to God to set us free, but can we all agree that this is a troublemaker? It, it's, it's, it's causing trouble all the time. That's why I always come up here with two iPads, if you ever wondered, why, is that, why does he have two iPads? Because in case this one fails, I've got it on this one, baby. And, uh, and, 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 and I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Here, here, here's number three, uh, a destructive lifestyle. And here's a verse, Galatians 6, 7. Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. And there's so many ways to take this. There's positives. There's negatives. But here's the bottom line. Sometimes we have trouble because of bad choices, right? Here's the good news. You want the good news? It doesn't matter what troublemaker got you. If you got yourself there, creation, angry enemy, it, it doesn't matter. The heart of God is he wants to always deliver us. He, he wants to deliver us from every problem that we get into. So if you're here and you say, yeah, yeah, I have tests I'm going through right now and it was bad choices. Okay, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I, I went the wrong direction. Bam, he washes your, your sins away, your guilt away, and, and now it's like, God, now I need, I need help. Here, here's the next one, guys. It's sinful people, and uh, <clears throat> it reads like this, 2 Timothy 3.13, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's in the church, it's in the world. You, you, know, what, you know what God said? He said that as the time comes to where Jesus is gonna come back, it gets closer and closer, People are going to become more and more evil. So we, we live in a world with evil people. So for instance, many years ago, Gina and I were out with another uh, friend, a couple friend. They dropped us off, so we went in our front door. I opened the front door, and my TV's, my TV's gone. And then I looked at my stereo. This is before digital music. And, uh, and, and my stereo with these big speakers, it, it's gone. Then I go into the kitchen, and my microwave's gone. Then we go upstairs, and every drawer, they, they, they went through every drawer, and they stole a bunch of things from upstairs. We were robbed. 
Well, that's a test. Can you, you know, that, it was tough to sleep for a couple nights, and, and uh, you keep worrying about it. Are they going to do it again? Are they going to come in here when we're here? That, that's sinful people. And we have people right now live on the earth, radical Islamic people. Uh, you know, not all of Islam is radical, but there's some that are. And they want to kill us just because we don't believe the way they believe. We live in a world that's insane. And so some of our troubles are because of evil people. But then here's the next one, and this is really important, imperfect people. And listen to the scripture, Ecclesiastes 10.9. When you work in a quarry, stones might fall and crush you. Simple but true, right? When you chop wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. Translated, here's what God's saying, guys. Sometimes because of our imperfections, we make mistakes. That's how many industrial accidents happen, right? But think about the technology today. Think about driving cars. Sometimes because of imperfection, we have caused accidents. And sometimes other people's imperfections have caused us to be in accidents. And there's tons of, of times when people just make mistakes and, and it causes us trouble. Now, here's what's really cool. Our Old Testament is the Jewish Bible. Within the Jewish Bible, uh, there is what's called uh, the Law of Moses. Within the Law of Moses, there's what's called the Judicial Law. And the Judicial Law, you can read it in Leviticus. The Judicial Law is incredible. Most people say it's really boring, but I love it. Here's why. The Judicial Law is God giving wisdom to the judges of Israel and telling the judges of Israel, when somebody does something wrong, here's the sentence I want you to lay on them. So it's all about coming into a courtroom and the sentences. And wh why I like it is I I'm able to... To, to glean from the wisdom of God. It just makes you wise because God gave it to him. So God's the smartest person on, in the universe. So yeah, I want to know what he says. Well, you know what he says? If someone kills someone, if someone kills someone because of a mistake, you know what God said the punishment is? Nothing. No fine, no jail time. And, and he said there's just, he said if you're swinging an ax and the head falls off and hits someone and kills them, you're, you're not guilty. Uh, he, he says mistakes will happen. I say that for two reasons. One, there's some of you in here you're carrying guilt because your mistake hurt somebody else. And then there's others in here you're bitter because someone's mistake caused problems in your life. And, and all I'm telling you is this is one of life's troublemakers. Uh, the, these things never go away. And you and I have to understand that these things are here to stay. So did you notice with all five of these, God's not listed anywhere? You guys notice that? God, God's not in there. But here's a question. All of us have to ask this question. Why does God allow us to be tested? It's important. And all of us want to know. And, and it's like, well, God, yeah, okay, there's five troublemakers, but why don't you protect me from them, right? And I remember when my brother Dave died, I was uh, raised in Catholic schools, so parochial schools. My, my senior year, I transferred to Howland, long story why, and I and, uh, won't even waste our time with that, but, but for all of my life up till through 11th grade, I was trained. I had religion class every day, guys. I knew a lot about God, and, and I was a bad kid even with all that happening, but, but when my brother Dave died, it, what happened to me was God why did you make this happen to Dave? You made him suffer having to take pills. He couldn't drive a car. That's bad. But then you, you, you let him drown. Why did you do this to my mom and dad? I became so angry. I went into a tailspin. I went nuts and lived insanely bad. And, and you know what happened? God got a hold of me. 
And a year after that event, I accepted Christ. A year after me accepting Christ, my whole family accepted Christ. And some of you are here and you're asking, well, Pastor Joe, why, why, do, bad, why do worse things happen to me than someone else? Isn't that a great question? Uh, this is really bad. Why did it happen to me? Uh, there's a couple ways to look at it, okay? Uh, one way is this. I think the devil somehow finds out our purpose and our calling. And can you imagine? He knew that I was going to pastor believers, and he knew that last year 1,200 people within these walls would accept Christ for the first time. He knew my brother Mike was going to pastor this impact, regional impact church in Canton. He knew my brother Tony would, would plant Bible schools all over the world and would go to Australia, plant a Bible school, pastor a church. And, and he thought... I'm going to hit this family hard. I think that could be one reason some of us get hit hard. He thought, I'm going to hit this family hard, and if I can get them to walk away from God, maybe they'll die early. Maybe I can get them off this planet. Maybe they'll just never talk to God again. I think that's part of what's going on behind the scenes. I had this dear woman after first service, Claire Nold, and she's somewhere in her 80s, and she's so cool, and uh, she comes and cleans during the week and volunteers to clean, and, and she comes up to me. She waits a really long time to get me, and she says, I saw something when you were teaching, and she goes, I love the calves. Can you imagine? She loves the calves. She watches the calves, and she said, you know how, you know how three or four people guard LeBron? He's trying to go uh, to, to, to make a layup, and there's three or four people. They're fouling him. They're hanging on him. She said, you know why they do that? Because he's a big threat. He's the biggest threat that there is, and she said, I think that's why God gives some people bigger tests than other people because they're a threat and the enemy knows they're a threat and the enemy wants to stop them ahead of time. So I just want to help you understand why, 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 why. Well, you know, God could have made it this way. You and I accept Christ, we begin to follow him. The second we accept Christ, our spirit leaves our bodies, our bodies die and we go to heaven. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, hey, now people down here, it might mess them up. They might say, don't accept Jesus, you die. They wouldn't know we went to heaven. It's like, don't do that. Um, or or, or what, if, what if we accepted Jesus and, and, and he put a, us in a protective bubble and we never, ever, ever, ever had a problem? Wouldn't that be cool? But it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good for us. And here's what I want you to walk out today, never forgetting, test exists to make us better not bitter. Once we understand it, it changes everything. Test exists to make us better, not bitter. And what the enemy wanted to do with my family, he wanted us to be so bitter, we, we never, ever opened our hearts up to God. That was his plan. His plan for you is to make you bitter, not better. We need to come to understand this incredible revelation. You know, the children of Israel, God promised them the land of Canaan, and they, they, they fought, they won it, and then God wrote this after they won it, Judges 3.1. Here is a list of the nations the Lord left in the land to test, to test the new generation of Israel who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. Take a look at the next verse. Uh, it, it says, for God wanted to give opportunity to the youth of Israel, listen to this, to exercise faith in obedience in conquering their enemies. So there's an exercise of faith. Take a look at the next verse. It goes on to say this. These people were a test to the new generation of Israel, these bad nations, to see whether they would obey the commandments the Lord had given to them through Moses. Test exists to make us better, not bitter. And, and so God left a couple crazy nations there so that 
the next generation could build their muscles. It's like, that's why people exercise, right? It's why people go in gyms. It's, it, we need some resistance to grow muscles. Well, you need resistance to grow muscles in God, too. Hey, uh, take a look at this picture. Th this is what's called an emperor moth. And I'll tell you what, butterflies are so pretty, so beautiful. But that moth is every bit as beautiful as a butterfly, man. Most moths are gross. But this, this one, this one's incredible. They're kind of creepy, but this is a beautiful moth. And I want to tell you a true story, true story. This little boy saw a cocoon, and he cut it off the tree, brought it to his room, and he watched it for weeks. Weeks and weeks and weeks passed. Nothing's happened, and he's wondering when's something going to happen. Then one day he woke up, and he, he, saw, he saw a break in the front, and he, he, he could tell there's something pushing out, you know, and he was so excited. But then weeks passed, weeks and weeks passed, and, and he saw this little head, but it just hardly ever moved. You could, it just, you know, after a week, it was just out, just a, you know, a little, little bit more, and he became very concerned that this emperor moth was going to be hurt, and so he got a pair of scissors, and he cut the cocoon without hurting the moth, but the moth fell out, and its body was bloated with liquid, and its wings, these beautiful wings, they were shriveled, just shriveled up, and they couldn't open or fly, and he's shocked. He doesn't know why, so his parents Google, and they find out. Here's what they found out. The process of that emperor moth pushing out, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks because the fluid in the body, as it's pushing its way out, it's pushed into the wings, and if it doesn't have that chance to have that resistance, and that's when he cut it out early, it didn't have that chance, uh, the moth doesn't develop properly, and it can't happen in a day because if it happens in one day, uh, the wings would explode. It has to be a process and there has to be time for growth and expansion. And God, I believe, through nature, he's saying to us, man, I want you to come out. I, I want you to come out with honor. I want you to grow. And he's showing us this incredible picture of how growth comes. It comes with resistance. And that's why this baby is so beautiful. So uh, let, let's take a look at James. We know the history of James now. Terrible, terrible problems. James 1, 2 reads this way. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, you notice that's verse 1 or verse 2. So verse 1 said, hey guys, how you doing? I'm going to write you a letter. And then, and then ver verse 2 says this. Remember, they're being kicked out of their houses. Uh, they're losing their jobs. They're, they're on the street. No money. People being thrown into jails. Uh, being shunned by all their relatives that haven't accepted Christ. And he says, hey, all these troubles, considering an opportunity for great joy. And it's like, what? what? We could have taught this, and he said, what, man, what? What, what are you talking about? And, and at first, when you see it, it's crazy. But then notice the next verse. The next verse reads like this. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The emperor moth, guys. Now, now get a hold of this, get a hold of this. See the bottom? You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing, needing nothing. This is talking about internal growth. It's talking about you growing and maturing spiritually. Here's the heart of God. God's heart, once you accept Christ, is to grow you to the place to where you react like Jesus would, you act like Jesus would. You begin to, to just emulate Jesus in your everyday life. And when he talks about perfect, complete, and needing nothing, sometimes we come out of a test and, and, and we get everything back. But can you agree if somebody dies, you, you don't get them back? 
can, can you agree if you go through a divorce, 99% of the time, it's over, it's, it's all done. And sometimes we fight and we get things back, but, but this is ta- here's what it's talking about. It's talking about you on the inside being perfect and complete and needing nothing. Test exists to make us better, not bitter. And there's no way for us to get to this point without going through test, without going through trials. Now, endurance is really important. Here's the definition of endurance. Uh, it, it's just really simple. It reads steadfast waiting. That's real simple. But, and it doesn't really, it, it, can you all agree it has no punch? Like, so what? Okay, but, but the Greek and the Hebrew, they paint pictures. Every word paints a picture. So in, in, in a, a regular translation, uh, it, it, it's word for word. So one Greek word, one Hebrew word, they use one English word. But, but, so they use endurance. But it, it's cool. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I, I read what they write. And, uh, and, and they say this paints this picture. Look at the picture. Endurance means pursuing, loving, serving, believing, and worshiping God regardless of what's happening in your life. Now, I want to make sure we understand this. This is crazy incredible. So what does God want to happen? No matter what test hits you, you keep pursuing him. No matter what test is coming to your life, you keep loving him. No matter what's going on in your life, you keep serving him. No matter what's happening, you keep believing what he says in the Bible. And at the same time, you keep worshiping God. What's the enemy want you to do? He wants you to back off. Why does he want you to become bitter? Uh, Distance yourself from God. Distance yourself from your local church. Why does he want that to happen? Because he doesn't want you to grow, become perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. He doesn't want that to happen in your life. And God's saying, I want to bring you to this place, baby. So uh, understand, God doesn't bring tests. God allowed us to live in what I would call a crazy house. This world's crazy. It's insane. And we have five troublemakers that keep causing all kind of trouble in our lives. None of it's fun. But when you understand test exists to make us better, not bitter, you can do what James said. Next time a test comes, you say, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm going to resist this thing, and I'm coming out. Devil, you're going to be sorry you ever brought this into my life. What does he want you to do? Become bitter. He wants you to just say, God, I'm done with you. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I did this to grow you. I didn't do that. I allowed this so you can grow. And, and that's the heart of God. I like the way Romans says it. Check out Romans here. It, it, it reads like this. All that's not all. We also celebrate in seasons of suffering because we know that when we suffer, we develop endurance. So do you see the word again? We celebrate. Why? Because we're glad we have a problem. No, 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 no. All right, devil, you want, you, you want to do it this way? All right, man. This way you want it to go down? All right, you made a mistake because I'm going to come out tougher and meaner than I came into this baby. Listen to the next verse, and, uh, which shapes our characters. And when our characters are refined, we learn what it means to hope and anticipate God's goodness. Whoo, whoo. I've been through enough tests to where I say, you know what? God's going to do something special here. You made a mistake, angry person, whoever you are, troublemaker, because I'm anticipating God's goodness. You lose a job, and it's like, all right, that hurts, but now I'm going to get a better job. You made a big boo-boo. Whoever did this to me, I'm coming out better. I'm going to come out on top, and you just begin to learn, hey, this is going to grow me. I'm going to learn some patience. I'm going to learn how, how to endure. I'm going to learn how to use my spiritual muscles. But in the end, I'm going to have hope. I have hope and I anticipate God's goodness. 
I, I, like, I like Romans 8, 28. Listen to this, guys. Incredible verse of scripture. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So make sure you know you qualify. If you're a Christian, you qualify. Uh, those called according to his purpose, that, that means you accepted Jesus. So if you accepted Jesus, you're called according to his and, and to love God means, hey, I love you, thank you. So it's real simple. Uh, all of us Christians, uh, we qualify. But then listen to this. And we know that God causes everything. Now, if we stop there, couldn't we blame everything on God? That's not what it says. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. So that means God just takes all this crazy stuff. And if you, and if you just learn the Christian series, man, you just learn to undo. Man, God is able, you release God to work it together. And God's able to cause it to become something really incredible. It brings incredible growth in your life. It changes things. It makes you stronger. And I like to relate it to this. This is my favorite cookie uh, ever. I like a lot of cookies, but this is my favorite cookie. This is an oatmeal raisin cookie. And, uh, you know, again, it, chocolate chips are great. Brownies are great. Oreos are great. They're, they're, they're all great. But this, this is my favorite, hands down, <coughs> my favorite cookie. But you know what it takes to make an oatmeal cookie? Uh, <coughs> flour. Have you ever taken a, a tablespoon of flour, put it in your mouth? <coughs> Can you all agree? It's not great by itself. It's pretty dry. How about salt? Um, you know, salt goes in there. And have you ever taken a teaspoon of salt, just put it on your tongue? It's great when you use a little pinch to enhance things, but it's pretty gross by itself. And, and, and then how about butter? Butter goes in there, and, uh, you know, a tablespoon of butter is kind of gross. You know, it's like, eh, it's good on bread. It's good in cookies. And, and then how about rolled oats? It's like flour, dry, not good by itself. And then there's raisins. Uh, raisins are great by themselves, right? They're, they're just great. And, you know, God takes all the bad things, and he mixes it with good things, and he causes this incredible stuff to happen in our lives. And, and then the last one is sugar. And, you know, sugar's good in things, but a tablespoon of sugar is just not all that great. A little bit too much, too intense. But what do you do? You take all the ingredients to make oatmeal cookies. You mix them all up together. You put them on a pan. But then where do they go? They go into the heat, right, into the oven. And, and that's what happens when you're being tested. And they come out of the oven. And, guys, you're going to go to lunch, so this is okay. Um, they turn into beautiful cookies. That's beautiful. <laughs> All the ingredients to make that is not beautiful, but that's beautiful. Last night I was, uh, we, we had a pastor visiting from out of town, so we took him to Panera afterward to sit and talk with him and his wife and his family. And uh, our Wednesday night uh, teachers were meeting there, and one of our teachers came walking. I went over to the table to say hi. Came walking over with this beautiful cinnamon roll from Panera, you know. And he said, you made me hungry with the message, you know. And, and, uh, and that's probably going to happen. But guys, here's what, next time you eat any dessert, I want you to remember this. In and of itself, those ingredients are not great. But when they're mixed together and they go into the oven, they're great. And here's what God's trying to say to us. Quit saying, why did this happen to me? I think, it, I think when really bad things happen, it's because the enemy's trying to take you out. But begin to develop the attitude, tests are meant to make me better not bitter. See yourself as in the oven, and you're going to come out an oatmeal cookie, man, and you're, you're, you're going to be better than you've ever been in your life as a result of the first letter, understanding why tests happen. And think about God. God is so cool. God says, you guys are living in a crazy house on this world, but I'll tell you what I, I'll do. I'll take every crazy thing, 
I'll add some of the good things happening in your life, and I'll cause it to work out for your good. And, and everybody I've ever walked through here at the church, I help them walk through things. God does something incredible as they just stick with God and they endure. He does something incredible in their lives. You know, if you lose a loved one, you don't always get them back, but God does incredible things in our lives. Can all of us say, hey, God, thank you that you make all things work out to the, to the good? Can we just give them a thank you clap and just say, thank you, God? This is awesome. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Hey, let's, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to teach uh, this incredible part of the Bible, Lord. And uh, Lord, you know I joke and I talk about how wonderful oatmeal cookies are, but Lord, we thank you that you're working everything out together for the good. And Lord, you know what? Some, some people are here saying, why, why was I born this way? Why do I have the problems that I have? And you know, Lord, I've learned that no matter what hand we're dealt, we can use it for the glory of God. And I ask you, make that real in every, everybody's life in, in this place, Lord God. Make it, make it real to us. And Lord, you spoke to all of our hearts as we go through the week. Help us understand now when we see problems in our life that they exist to make us better, not bitter. And Lord, we do know, we understand you want to deliver us, but in the process, they exist to make us better, not bitter. And Lord, thank you for opening us up Lord, all of us take a moment and we pray. If there's someone in here going through a severe test, you, you said we should, we should weep with those that are weeping. We should rejoice with those that are rejoicing. So, Lord, we take a moment and we pray for anybody in this place going through a severe test. We ask you to give them your grace, your strength, and we thank you for helping them walk through this, Lord. And most importantly, too, we thank you for opening up their eyes to understand this exists to make me better, not bitter. Thank you, Jesus. Now, guys, I want to stay in the attitude of prayer. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, just for a moment more. If you came here today and when you walked in, you weren't sure of your forever, I, I want to talk to you for a moment. You weren't sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, I, I want to talk to you for a moment. Um, we talked in the message about, you know, God sent Jesus and he redeemed us and when we accept him, uh, we receive eternal life. I want to ask you a question and, and understand, I'm not asking you to join our church and I'm not asking you did you grow up a Christian? Did you grow up in Christian church? I'm not asking if you were water baptized as an adult or a child. All great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it real, you made it personal, and from your heart you said, Jesus, I make a decision today that you're the Savior and I'm going to follow you. That, that has to happen in all of our lives. That's, that, that's how we come into the kingdom of God. We have to be born of the Spirit. That's how it happens. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that moment, but I believe and I'm ready today. I want to I make a commitment to Christ. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Now let, let's make that commitment. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you from the dead. And this day, I give my heart to you and I decide to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.